What's up? My name is Josh, and thanks for checking out the GT Young Adults Podcast. We're a community from GT Church in Victoria, BC. We love Jesus, and we have a passion to learn, grow, and live like Him and have a ton of fun doing it. All the messages and conversations you'll find here will point you to His truth and His hope. So lean in to whatever God wants to speak to you today. Enjoy, and thanks for listening. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to The Sixth. Thanks for coming. My name is Lucas. I'm one of the pastors here, and it's my heart, Trina's heart, just to love this community, uh, specifically just the young adults, who I know this service is primarily for. I just want you to know, like, kind of 1830, whatever it is. Like, if this service just works best for your time schedule, everyone is welcome here. But we are primarily, like I said, targeting that, that young crowd. And I just want to say again, um, man, it just feels like since baptisms a few week, weeks ago, the culture, every time I see you guys worship, just the, the presence of God seems to be stirring something in you. So can I encourage you, again, six, to continue to go after the goodness of God every single time the team steps up here, every single time we have a moment of worship, to chase after all that Jesus has for you because the gospel is good. We don't need to water it down or add to it or anything like that. And something's happening in this community and we can see it. I can see it happening. So keep fighting for that, okay? Keep going after it. It's good. Um, Before we get started here tonight, before we get into any sort of message, anything like that at all, I want to invite two people up, two people who've really poured into this church as a whole, who have poured into this community, who have just, they poured into my life. Um, Both of them have have blessed me. Um, One of them has helped me understand how poor and weak my core is, specifically, how, like, bad this is. Um, Another one has helped me find things for my wife all the time. Like, they're they're just amazing people, and they're heading on an adventure. And I thought it'd be important always to model to this community to to show you how we want to send people out, how we love our community, how we want to continue to pray over one another. That's a very important value of mine, that prayer would happen after every service if you ever need it. And so uh, this is their last Sunday with us. So I wanted to invite them up and pray over them. Uh, David and Audrey, would you guys get up here? Come on, show them some love, some sex love. Come on, you can do better than that. I wanted them to come up and just share a bit of their, their I, I, by the way, I told them like before I went up, hey, just grab that microphone and come Why on up with go. you. And uh, they're like, what? And so um, I kind of surprised them. I just wanted you to hear from their heart of where they're going and what they're doing. And it's not like, I don't want there to be any sort of, there's no Christian context to this necessarily other than this is a couple who've been a part of our church. Audrey has served and worked here. She, for a long time, was overseeing many things on social media and graphic design. She was part of leadership track. She helped actually dream many years ago about what would the 6 p.m. service look like if we primarily targeted young adults. Like, that was in her heart. David has served as a youth leader. David saw, and do you were a youth leader too, Audrey? David saw a young group of guys from what, like grade eight all the way through graduate, grade six even, like just ch- chased after and loved a group of guys. And just, like, these people have poured their heart and soul into this church into the kingdom. And so it was important for me just to sh- like bring them up here and then, then for us to say like we love you and goodbye. And so guys, where, where the heck are you going? What are you doing? I just Yeah, uh, we're going to South Korea on the 15th. <laughs> Cheers. That's like... To adventure and really learn Korean. Yeah. That's it. That's literally it. Really, and the, the reason why I wanted them to like come up, actually, hold on, Audrey, can you share maybe like the heart of why, like when did this start for you guys? Like you guys got married a little while ago and both of you just felt like called to go do something like this. What, what yeah. does that really mean? Yeah, we, um, you know, we started like 
in COVID, you got a lot of time. We started, you know, watching some K-dramas, as you do. <laughs> and then we were like, why not try and learn the language, even just to make our own experiences a little more fun? And then we sort of fell in love with that and fell in love with the culture. And then we thought, you know what? There's, like, no better time than now and this season of our lives to, like, go and do something and, and really just why not? Like, right. there's no linear, like, direction that how this is going to perfectly correlate to our future goals or, like, career aspirations. But I think for us, we just think, you know what? Like, this is a dream that God put in our hearts. Mm -hmm. And because it doesn't really make sense, I think any doors that get open just are so much more obviously Jesus. Right. Right. And so we're really excited for that. Yeah. So good. I wanted I, I wanted them to share that because I, I feel like you create and instantly some of those people who have grown up like all the way from like Peewee College into this are like, oh, they're going on a mission. No, no, no. That's not what's happening here. Like they just feel the urgency and call to go and live in a different culture, learn the language, to love every person they meet, to encounter an adventure, whatever that means for your guys' marriage, for your relationship. And they just feel called by God. That's it. Period. End of sentence. And I just want to like fan that flame a bit for them to know that we're behind them, but also for you to see, like, not everything has to have this Christianese context, that sometimes God just calls you and puts something in your heart, and you guys are just like, we know it seems a bit odd, we know it's happening during COVID, but we're headed, we're going, and I just, I love that about you both, and so it's just our heart to pray over you now, uh, to bless you as you go. Is there a way, like, we can just support, like, where do we follow you at? What's your Instagram handle? Like, what do we yeah, like? Like, post, share, fit, you know, all that. No, Dave, you're writing some stuff, and, like, Dave has, like, some really important stuff. If you can't stretch, like, if you can't touch your toes, follow Dave, because he will help you. Or talk to Lucas. Still can't. Still <laughs> Honestly, guys, like, to echo what Lucas said, we've had some funny responses, like, oh, you're not going to YWAM, or, like, right, right. and, like, I just, we're so confident that there's something way, not to over-spiritualize, but there's something, like, over there for us, mm. impact. So just pray into that. Pray that we'd be able to see those opportunities. And, and just like logistical things like COVID tests before we fly. Right. Like stuff like that is big stressors. So right. if you could just have us in your prayers, that'd be super appreciated. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, some of their friends are here. Why don't you guys come up and lay hands if that's cool. They're already like close with you. That's fine. Awesome. As long as you don't have COVID. <laughs> oh, Riles. The, th the reason, like, there's just... There's some biblical principle in laying out of hands. Um, it's not like they're more spiritual, so they're coming to in, in, impart the power necessarily. But what this is about community. Uh, it's interesting. He talks about fanning the flame that God has given us. And so that's why we do this. That's why we practice this. And so if you feel comfortable, you can stretch out your hand towards them. You don't have to. That's not something you, I'm asking you to do uh, necessarily if you're uncomfortable. But if you do feel comfortable, stretch out your hand as we pray over Dave and Audrey as they head out into this adventure. Jesus, we thank you so much for this wonderful couple. I thank you for them as a couple. I thank you for them as individuals. God, for everything that you've given Audrey in her life up until this moment, we pray in Jesus' name that you would equip her, you would strengthen her, that you would give her peace, that you would give her courage, that you would just give her a boldness in how she lives and how she moves and how she acts in this next step. God, for Dave, I pray again for boldness and courage, for God, just a fierce attitude like he was just suggesting for both of them that we are called over there, that God is doing something in our heart for some reason we don't know yet, but whatever it is, God, we call, we follow it, we listen to that voice, and step by step, we chase after you, Holy Spirit. God, I do pray for COVID tests before they fly, for all the connections, for luggage, for things they're bringing. God, we just pray in Jesus' name that you would take care of every detail, 
every, every detail to the minutia thing, that they would feel like you were with them from YYJ to whatever the airport code is. God, we ask that you would watch over them, you'd bless them. Would they feel loved and supported by this community, by the greater church, and by their friends and family? And Jesus, we ask that you would just watch over them as they go, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. Give them one more time. Round of applause for this couple. Go ahead and grab your Bibles. We're going to be in Matthew 5 tonight, um, right from the top, verse 1. We are starting a new series called Heaven and Earth. Now, we just stopped kind of the gray section of grace and truth. The reason why we're doing this, we're jumping into this, is, is for two main reasons. We're not going to skip truth. Don't worry, we're going to get to that. Uh, it's just, there's a lot to say about it, and we want to do it well. Um, so tonight, we're, we're kind of actually, take, not take team, but we're coming in line, if you will, with morning services and everything, although there'll be different communicators uh, throughout this, for two reasons, like I said. One, uh, I don't know if you guys know this, but me and Trina, we're having a baby in like two weeks. By we, by we, I mean Trina is having a baby in two weeks, not me. But I will be there as a support. And, um, and it's just been a bit of a wild ride there. And so we're just getting things ready and just realizing how important it is to just kind of have some more communicators ready to go and different things like that. As well as this content, please hear me, this content of the Sermon on the Mount, like we were kind of just going to jump in Matthew, jump around and kind of like... Like, pick a verse, there a verse, everywhere a verse. First, kind of go at that way. Although that's not really how I am. I just, as we kind of really clamp down on truth, I wanted to really just break that down in this cultural moment. But this content, when we look and read the Sermon on the Mount, I've been reading it for months, just kind of trying to really um, see the content for all that it is. I'm telling you right now, we can't skip by this. We can't just pick a verse, there a verse, everywhere a verse, verse. Like, we can't do that. This is, this is some of the greatest words ever penned or spoken. This content is too good to just run past. And so I wanted to kind of take team up. We'll do this for a little while. We'll come back to truth. Don't worry. As well as we're going to have a podcast for the young adults um, that'll launch really soon with different content, not just sermons. And so be prepared for that. Matthew 5, 6, and 7 has been, uh, there's a few quotes I want to read to you from different authors and, and people. It's, it's known as the inner essence, the inner essence of being a part of the kingdom of heaven. William Barclay said it like this. He's a very famous Scottish theologian. He taught at the University of Glasgow. Uh, the Queen, you often look to him for, for commentary and things. He says, the Sermon on the Mount is greater than anything we could ever think. It is nothing less than the concentrated memory of many hours of heart-to-heart communion between the disciples and their master, Jesus. Its teaching is distinct, it's revolutionary, it's challenging every school of religious thought of the times, both Jewish and heathen. It is not the product of the times, it's the product of the deity being Jesus. One person, one author said, it's a drop of heavenly ecstasy that grips the open soul. It's just so good, like there's just something about it that has continued to be very... uh, deeply found in authors and theologians, people much smarter than me. And I even think about the different people it's impacted. I was reading this week about Gandhi, how he, although rejected Christianity because of racist Christians in his area, it targeted him and his people specifically, his whole, like, honestly, his mantra and the way he lived is what? It's based off of the Sermon on the Mount. Martin Luther King Jr., I was listening to a sermon that talked about this, how his whole nonviolence, his approach to, to civil rights, his approach to everything he did was based off of love your enemy, which we preached about last week. 
And so you can pick someone from history. You can find them in so many people. There's so many things in the Sermon on the Mount that we've heard, especially if you grew up in the church, whether it be Catholic, Anglican, whatever it is, you've, you've definitely heard some of the scripture we're gonna read. And yet for some of us, it's just one in, gone in one ear out the other. It's not really penetrated the heart. It hasn't really shown us the way we should live because that's what it is. The scripture we're gonna read, like these are the things that honestly are, are is Jesus trying to set up a better way to be a human in a world that's really difficult, which has been right on kind of the language and rhetoric that I've been preaching for the last little while, grace and truth and fighting against that culture that would want to counter-disciple us. Now, if you actually read the whole sermon, it's kind of, it's not a traditional sermon the way Matthew kind of collects it. Like some people would argue, it's not like Jesus has just stood up there like this and he's got his Bible and I was listening and, it just, and he just goes. It's not really that. It could be a collection of sermons. It could have been one moment. Some people say Matthew just collected it like this specifically because he's uh, writing to Jewish Christians and they kind of needed it like that. There's a lot of different interpretation that way. But one thing is for certain, this is like, this is like, stuff that Jesus would continue to say over and over and over again. Like it probably wasn't preached once. Like he probably mentioned this stuff again and again. And so every time he'd go into a new town, Capernaum, and he would say the same stuff. He'd go into Nazareth and he'd say the same stuff. Like this was constantly on the tip of his tongue. It's kind of like the stuff your dad says again and again and again and again. And you know what I'm saying? Like the, the dadisms. It's just those famous quotes that you're like, okay, dad, like one of those. Like my favorite always for my dad was always like, he would, he, would, he would fall asleep when we're watching TV at like 7.45. Anyone else? Yes, every dad ever, right? <laughs> like not a few of us, all of us. And then if some of you are already doing that, welcome to the dad life. It's real. Um, and it's that moment where they start snoring, of course, right? My dad snores like a truck. Like it's the ugliest, it's, it is the ugliest sound you've ever heard. And I mean that. I didn't, that's not a, I didn't mess up my language there. It's the worst sound in, in ever. For hum, any human should never hear that sound. The amount of hockey tournaments, oh my gosh, doesn't matter. Another story, another time. But this, like, it's, the, it's like that moment when dad's sleeping and then he wakes up and you're like, dad, dad, wake up. And he's like, I'm not sleeping, I just close my eyes. Like that. It's like that moment, you know? Um, my my, my father-in-law, Preston, his name is Preston, just a father-in-law's name, isn't it? That should be everyone's father-in-law's name. I don't know what it is, Preston. Love him to pieces, but he has these few jokes he loves to say. There's these few things that he will always talk about. Like, fear is only pain leaving the body, you know, like stuff like this. He'll always say to me, drive safe. I'm like, I'm literally walking downstairs. I know, I knew you were. I just wanted to let you know, drive safe, partner. You're like, and they do really good. You know how they just, like, they've nailed that. I can't do it. Like, I don't know. I need to work on it as a dad. But they just have those dadisms that they just come out, and there's always half, and they're always saying it. And you're probably picturing them right now. That's kind of the Sermon on the Mount. These same things that Jesus would say over and over and over again. So we read it through one time in our Bible reading plan. We hear it once in a while when the preacher wants to pick some of, you know, Jesus' famous statements. These are like the absolute center of who God is, the center of the kingdom of God. This is so important. And that's really what I'm trying to say. This is Jesus laying out the kingdom dynamic, which is funny, it's in a Jewish context underneath Roman culture. It's a difficult time to be saying some of the things he says. So here's what I wanna do tonight, okay? Here's what we're gonna do. I want to, I wanna read all of them, all of the Beatitudes, not all of them. I'm gonna read the whole Sermon on the Mount. We're gonna do all of it, no. I wanna read all the Beatitudes. We're gonna do Matthew 1 through 12. And you just can't do all of the Beatitudes well. Like they're so deeply rich. And so it's really an overview tonight of it all. 
And there's also a lot of debate on some of these stuff. And so I'm gonna give you as best overview as I can. I wanna break it down and I wanna respond with communion. I hope you have your communion cups. So let's go ahead. Matthew 5, verse 1 says this. Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up, to, went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him. Again, this is Matthew 5, starting in verse 1. If you got your Bibles, grab it. And he began to teach them, the Bible says. Just hold on there, there for a moment. I think, again, just so you guys know, context is king. Okay, context is king. Well, Jesus is king, but you get what I'm saying. Like, I just need you to know that. Never just read one verse. I'm all for the verse of the day. Don't get me wrong. But, like, unpack what's, what's around that verse. Um, really quick tip. Like, I love version, but there's a great app called the Logos Bible app. It's fantastic. It gives you more context. You can actually, like, click and hold and highlight a word. It gives you the Greek or the Hebrew. And so if you're looking for that deeper context, download that. It's important. And I just think here's a great example. We often start in Matthew 5.3. I don't think we know that the Sermon on the Mount starts with verse 1. Like, we love to start with, and he said... Blessed are the poor in the spirit. Like, I bet you some of you would have even said that's how it starts. But this is important. When Jesus saw the crowds, he peaced out, went to a mountainside, and sat down. I love that. He, like, he actually leaves them for a moment. And then it says his disciples came to him, and he began to teach them. This whole thing is truthfully, firstly, for these 12 guys. Like, it's, it's starting with them. And then, of course, there's a branch stone. And this would often happen in Jesus' ministry where, where he'd be teaching his disciples, but then someone comes and needs healing. So Jesus stops everything he's doing because he loves people. He heals, and then it would gather a crowd. More people would come. Same thing. And then more people would come. And his, his, he kind of started to get more famous. And what did Jesus do? I don't want that. He, he would push away the celebrityism. He'd get away from that as much as he could. He'd even tell people after he healed them, he'd be like, don't tell anyone. Like, sometimes he said that. But here, it actually starts with the disciples. And I just think it's really important. Like, this is stuff that is for you. If you're a follower of Jesus here tonight, and if you're not, that's okay. If you're a follower of Jesus, this stuff is for you. When a rabbi would teach, he would stop and he would sit. And then everyone would stop and they would sit and they'd come as close as they could. You'll see this later happen in the Gospels with Mary and Martha. The Bible actually says that Mary was at Jesus's feet. It was really cute. Actually, before the, before the service started, we'd do a team rally with our team and, and Rachel was leading this really great rally and Georgia was with me and she just kind of sat down and listened. And I think they just get it because of school, but this little girl just sits down and has her eyes just kind of fixed on Rachel and she's just listening. And that would be the same kind of moment, like this childlike spirit just to sit and to learn and to listen, to be ready. And I just think for us, this is key, this is important, that we would spend more time learning the ways of Jesus than changing the ways of the world. And I think sometimes we get that backwards. And I'm here to tell you that I think it's more important that you spend more time with Jesus, which it almost sounds counter like, oh, wait, what's he saying? You shouldn't change the world? I shouldn't try to, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying it starts with spending time with Jesus. And I think some of us need to almost switch. We're a little like 70-30 right now, okay? We're, we're a little excited about telling everyone how pumped we are about something on Facebook. We were like really pumped out about Vax or Anti or, or Master Not or For the Freedom Club or Not. And we're just really excited to change the world and tell them our views and tell them our perspective. And we aren't spending time and sitting at Jesus' feet. And I think we're getting it mixed up. I don't think we can even change the ways of the world if we don't spend time learning the ways of Jesus. I don't think you get visions and heart moments of, I think we need to move to Korea unless you spend hours and times in prayer and gleaning from Jesus. The disciples sat at Jesus' feet. 
I know I'm hammering this first verse, but it's, it's the context of all of this. Are you following me? Then it says, okay, the Beatitudes. Blessed are the poor in spirit. I'm gonna read all of them. Okay, we're gonna read them all in one swoop. You're welcome, okay? Dad, say swoop, leave me alone. He said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. This is a great moment to underline, to highlight things that, that you're just observing, that you're seeing. It says, blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, like this one, for they will see God. I love that. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Verse 11 and 12, blessed are you when people insult you. <clears throat> awesome, Jesus, that's great. Persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of, what's that word? Because of me. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven for in the same way they are persecuted. They, excuse me, for the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Now, there are about eight, there are eight blessings here. Uh, the last, we just kind of combine that last big old, and they're gonna insult you, okay? Get ready for it. That eight, kind of 11, 10, 11, 12 are kind of one. There's eight blessings. The way Matthew writes, they're actually, there's the same amount of words in every single one. It's really cool. The final one is kind of, like I said, it's combined. At first glance, when you read this, it's not that encouraging to the soul. I don't know if you noticed that. It's just me, like, hmm, that's so fun. Blessed are those persecuted. Awesome, Jesus, thank you for that. Like, you know what, I don't, just me. You guys love this stuff, great, good to know. You know what I mean? Like, blessed are, the, blessed are those who mourn. Okay, okay, Lord, that sounds not fun. Please don't, like, it's not really this, like, oh, enriching thing until you, until you deep, like I said, do a little bit more of a deep dive. It's like, is this good to be poor in spirit? Like, I'm poor or I'm... I'm poor in spirit, meaning like I'm humble enough to receive you. Like what, what's really going on here? First of all, this word blessed is maybe not the best of translations. Our English language just doesn't, isn't, it's not great, okay? It's not great. Like there's, there's so many of the languages that explain this stuff just deeper and more richer. And so it's not great. It's this Greek word, makarios, I think it's pronounced. It's a hard one to understand. Many scholars agree that this isn't necessarily like godly blessing. It's more of a, like a, like a happy times, like way to go, like a congratulations, like something like that. Although some disagree and there is that favor from faith that is also attached to it. It's that fortune, it's that like, oh, yeah, you right on, you got a job, like that's amazing, like congratulations, or whoa, you guys are going to Korea, that's amazing, or you just had a baby, or whatever it is. Like it's, oh, way to go, blessed are you, awesome, love your hairdo, great haircut, you know? You should, you should totally congratulate people on haircuts because there's some bad ones out there, you know what I'm saying? I've had some bad ones, personally. Preach, I just heard someone say, preach. First time tonight, okay, on haircuts, here we go. It's also attached to, it's interesting, this, this word is attached to jealousy and envy. And so it can even be that moment where it's like, mm, Jim, you got the job, you got the promotion? Awesome. Let me carry on for you, that's so good. Way to go, congrats. Hey, Jimbo, like it's kind of like, it can be attached to that as well, I've heard. Why am I saying all this? What we have here is Jesus talking and giving us this, this juxtaposition, this kind of contrast, which you guys know I love. He's suggesting that you can have blessing, that you can be blessed even when your world, when your circumstance definitely doesn't feel like it is blessed. 
you can actually find that happiness. In the word is translated into happiness, that blessing, that celebration. You can find the goodness of life even when life throws hardship at you. That in a world where success is defined one way, Jesus right now, this is important, please hear me, is redefining success. He's helping, again, this is the kingdom, right? He's turning things upside down. What would look like success to the world here, Jesus is saying, hold on, hold on. That's not what I'm gonna tell you success looks like. Blessing looks much different than that. All of these things, again, like I was saying, the kind of feel slightly poor in spirit, those who mourn, the meek, the powerless, whatever you wanna say, like righteousness. Even this word righteousness is important to understand because Matthew kind of defines it slightly different than some of the other gospels do. In fact, he kind of goes on to say, it's like righteousness is those who are without right standing with God. And so for him, again, he's saying like, like blessed are those who are seeking after this righteousness. And Jesus is saying, you're blessed. Six, he's saying, Blessed are those. You're blessed. That's what he's trying to get at here. Why? Because again, in the kingdom, please hear me, this whole series, heaven on earth with the kingdom, despite this kind of humanistic time, despite the Romans ruling over you, he's saying, despite being poor, maybe, he's, I'm, he's always dealing with poor, despite the heavy, the frustrated, if maybe you've lost a family member the morning, right? He says, I'm close to you. I'm here. I've come, heaven has, like the kingdom of heaven is near. Like there's a piece of heaven now standing in front of you and he's trying to show you and show us. He's saying, I know what the Romans are doing. I know what success to you has looked like for years. I know all of you Pharisees who think you need to have all the Bible memorized. I know you think you need to have this much money or this much land. I know what the world would try and paint happiness to look like. And I'm telling you in the kingdom, Jesus is saying, I'm telling you with me here, with heaven coming down, I will show you what comfort really looks like. I'm gonna show you what peace truly is. I will show you what mercy actually means. I will give you a greater idea of inheriting the earth. That's why we call this series Heaven on Earth. I think there's so much disparity in our life that we're constantly in this moment of like, I just can't wait to get to heaven. <laughs> Like, I don't know if you ever deal with that, but there's some days where like something happens, you're like, I just can't wait for heaven. <laughs> and anyone else? I remember, I think I've told this story before. But it was just so funny. Like, I'm just remembering this moment. I drove Andy home one time because he had biked, this like lead pastor Andy, like he had biked to work and I drove him home and he was trying so hard to take his bike out. And as he, you know, those moments you're like pulling and you're pulling and then it just finally somehow, God send releases and just like the bike hit him in the nose. Like it wasn't like a big thing, but enough that I was like, when he was like, you know when you get hit in the nose? No one? You know that moment and then your eyes begin to water and it's like, it's like not a big injury, but it's enough that you're like, <laughs> I'm not crying like you're trying to hold it in. This was lead pastor Andy. Like never looks like he's not a model for like Eaton's or something, you know? RW Co. Like not like something like hip, hip, but like hip enough. Like this our lead pastor, like the nicest hair, such a good looking dude, like the young dude, me, always balding. And every day I see him, the jealousy, it's like, mm -hmm, nice hair, Andy, blessed are you. Like that Andy just like smacked his nose. And it was so funny. And he literally, like, by the time he like kind of composed himself, I'll never forget it. And just in this beautiful kind of like pastoral way that only Andy could do, it was just like, oh, I know this isn't heaven. <laughs> I'll never forget it. And we have days like this, right? We're almost like anywhere but here. 
Jesus is saying, listen, there is a bit of heaven coming right now. I'll explain more in a minute what I mean by that. But we, we love the idea of picturing what heaven could be like. We say it with like food, right? Like, oh, hmm, heaven. <laughs> Maybe it's just, I don't know, everyone's different. It's like a beautiful charcuterie plate or something. You look at it and you're like, ah. Oh, Maybe it's a place. Like if I was to say to you, what does heaven look like to you? Maybe for you it's, I don't know, it's a sunset somewhere. Maybe it's Tofino, I don't know, whatever. Maybe it's, for me, I picture, I don't know what I picture. Actually, like I, yeah, I think of, I think of Arizona sunset for some reason. I just like overlooking like this beautiful red rock or something. I picture, I picture Disneyland, hello, come on. So good, right? So fun. Happiest place on earth. Picture like Hawaii, basically not BC apparently. <laughs> Love my city, but I don't know. Like we, we, we envision what heaven could be. We envision what the blessed life or the success looks like. And Jesus is saying it's, it's a lot different than, I, than you think. And he's trying to redefine success for you. And I, and I need to talk really quickly just for a moment. Not really in the notes, but like for that young adult who is just striving so hard in their professionalism. And so believes that this, that if I just make it to this far, if I just get to that job CEO, then I can, then I can really reach success. And what you're doing is you're striving after success of some sort of idol or person. And I'm trying to tell you right now that Jesus is redefining all of that. Are you following me tonight, Six? I want you to see this because he is redefining all these things. He's attaching blessing with things that we wouldn't normally attach them to. Jesus is giving a picture of heaven because of who he is and how the kingdom operates on earth. We live in this time, this is important for you to know, it's kind of this theological idea. We live in a time of now and not yet where Jesus has come, he has blessed us, he has given us life and hope and yet still we're awaiting heaven. That's what, that's what the believer would say. And so it's a time of now and not yet. We've had this touch from heaven where Jesus comes and has brought life, and yet life is definitely not perfect. Can I get an amen? I love that I get more amens for that. That's fine. Whatever. We'll work on it. We're good. We're going. We're keeping going. The kingdom of heaven, I heard it said this way, the kingdom of heaven is both a future hope and a present reality of happiness. I heard a preacher say like that this week, and I thought that was beautiful. The kingdom of heaven is both a future hope and a present reality. It's in us now, like it's for us now, but yet it's still something we're going after. And that's what makes the tension of life so straining and difficult. I know you're going through a lot, okay? And I'm wrapping up here, I am. I know we're going through a lot. Maybe for you, you, you can just like, you go down this list of the Beatitudes. And you're like, I'm, I'm definitely sensing some of that right now. Maybe for you, you do feel persecuted. And we talked about this last week, boss, friend, family member, whatever it is, professor. Maybe for you, you hunger and thirst for the righteousness, but you just don't even know where to start. You feel lost. You feel broken. You're like, I don't feel like I deserve it, so why would I ever chase it? And you're in this constant, like, I want Jesus, but I don't know if he wants me. Maybe for you, you feel powerless. You feel meek. You feel hurting, whatever it is. This one really got to me this week, and I'm not sure why. I hadn't, it's not something I think I've experienced. Maybe it's just something I was thinking about, but I want to read it to you again. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Maybe for you, you're in mourning right now. Maybe you've lost someone really close recently, last couple of years maybe. Maybe you're mourning a job or a relationship. 
Maybe you're mourning something, but you're not allowing yourself to properly mourn and you've lost a really close family member, a parent, a grandparent that meant everything to you. Sit here for a moment because I want to repeat what I just read, which is scripture. Blessed are those who mourn. Think about that for a moment. He's trying for you and for me to see that there is a greater depth when we attach ourselves to Jesus. That even in something like mourning, like the heaviness and the weight that comes with mourning, there is still a blessed joy that can happen in your life. I want to just, as we close now, I want to reread the Beatitudes for you and for me. And I hope, and sometimes I do this. I don't know if you notice this, but sometimes I do this. I, I ask you just to close your eyes. And I want, I really want this generation specifically. I want scripture to begin to come alive in your heart in such a way that as it's read, it just begins to stir something up. And so we have responded in ways like this before. And I want you to know that, that it's important for me that as I read that you try and do everything you can to really just sense what I'm, what I'm getting at here. Um, so I want to reread it. And I want you to know that with Jesus at the center, even in death, there is life. Are you following me? Brian, you can join me, man. Come on up. Even in death, right, there is heaven. That's the whole point of that story where Peter's like, he's drowning. And everyone's like, where are you? What's going on? And Jesus goes and picks up. That story is not like, hey, even in your dark, like, even if you were to drown, there's still Jesus, heaven, reality to come to pick you up. Jesus is the closest thing to heaven we have. Jesus is redefining what success and being blessed is actually all about. I want us to remember what he did, but first I want to just read this to you one more time. So if you would, if you would allow me to, as we wrap up, would you close your eyes and let me read this over you one more time? And maybe you'll find yourself in here and you didn't even realize. The Bible says this, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. And blessed are those who are persecuted because of the righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. You can open your eyes. Um, I, I, I think it's necessary for us to, to grasp again what Jesus is saying. And I want you just to hear me. Jesus does want blessing for your life. There's no doubt about that. But we can find ourselves on the other side of these, these things. We can find ourselves in the, like I said, I've been saying it all night, in the morning, in the hardship, in the persecution, whatever it may be. And Jesus is saying, no, 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 just come to me. See me. I'm the heaven you're searching after. I'm the moment, the person you're looking for. I'm the success that you tr truly desire. I, it's, it's here. It starts here. And I think that's why I was excited to, for the first time at the sixth, do communion. So if you have this, go ahead and grab it. Give a little shake, trust me. 
Give a little shake. It just helps. It helps, right? It does. But here's, here's the beautiful thing about communion. Everything about communion is about focusing and remembering who Jesus is. So just hold it with me. I just want to explain this. We're going to do communion tonight. This is definitely a practice for believers. It's not something we do all the time. We do about monthly here at GT Church. If you're not a believer, if this feels foreign to you at all, there is no pressure to join in on this. I just want you to know that. You can simply just be a part of the moment. I want you to know how important this is to us. There's very few things that Jesus actually says like that creates as, as an ordinance. There were so many laws before he came. He came, he fulfilled all of them. And then he kind of set up just a couple things. And there's two things that we as Christians continue to really practice. And one of them is communion. For us, what it is, is it's, it's a symbol that shows us all that Jesus did for you and for me. It, it brings us back to the Last Supper and how they shared and how they talked and how they broke bread and how they shared wine. And they did this together before Jesus would go and do the very thing the hardest thing, the, the craziest thing of all, which is dying on a cross for you and for me. If you're looking for love tonight, look no further than Jesus. If you're looking for acceptance tonight, look no further than Jesus. He sees you. He understands the mourning that maybe you've gone through or, or are going through in this moment. He sees every hurt. He sees every loss. He sees every hardship and difficulty that you may be feeling. And he says, listen, I took all of that. I took all of it on the cross. It was all on me. And he wants freedom for your life, joy for your life, forgiveness for your life. He says that sin that continued to, to pop up in generation of men and women, a generation of men and women, I bear all of that. Why? Because I love you and I'm for you and I see you. And so we take communion now to just have a deeper impact and focus on who he is and what he did for us. So in a sermon that's all about Jesus saying, listen, you can be blessed in these moments. There is blessing for you. It's not gonna really look the way you want it to look. You may get some persecution. Life isn't always gonna be perfect. There may be some hardship. You may mourn. There may be these pieces. Yet, I will comfort you. Yet, I will be there. Yet, you can hunger and thirst. Yet, you can keep going after it. Why? Because I'm at the center of it all. I see you in all. And I, I can be trusted. I can be seen. And so I want you to see Jesus tonight for all that he is. So with all of that, go ahead, you can open the top. As, as a pastor, I just want you to hear this from my heart. This represents the body of Jesus, broken for you and me. Paul writes in his letter that he took the cup, he took the bread, and he broke it. And so I know for me, I often break it, resembling that God went to a cross for my sin. His body was broken for me. Thank him for it. Jesus, we thank you for it. Let's take it together. In the same way the Bible says he took the cup, giving thanks again, giving thanks. He gave thanks for this meal. He said, this is my blood. Now we don't believe this is Jesus' blood, it's just juice, but it resembles that his blood was shed for you and me. We sang a song tonight. We sang a song tonight blood and tears. Well, how can it be, right? Like, it's, this is what he did. Jesus' blood shed for you and me. We can go ahead and take it together. Would you stand? Let me pray over you.
Worship team's gonna come. We're gonna sing, but I want a prayer of you. With eyes closed and a heart just attentive to the richness and beauty of Jesus. I just wanna ask you all across this room, for those who have just felt a deep mourning in their heart, for those who have felt heavy burdened, for those who are continuing to search after success after success, looking to what the world may define it, look no further. Lean into Jesus tonight. Stop trying to create whatever it is that you're trying to create. And just come to Jesus. You may, well, what does that even look? What do I do? I personally, I just open my, my body. Like I have to posture myself physically in a way that is a little more humble than me crossing my arms. So if, if it's you, would you just open your arms, raise your hands, however it feels. And then simply, I just, I say, Jesus, I just need you right now. Jesus, I need you more than I need anything else. For those who are hungry for, my, for a touch from the Lord, for those who desire to understand what, what real goodness looks like, for those who are continuing to strive and strive and strive and still feel like they're coming up empty, Jesus is setting up a whole new way to live. He's setting up a whole new way to live. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. For the pure in heart, they will see God. And the peacemakers, they're called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. God, we want a touch of heaven tonight. For every person in every heart, I pray they would see you, Jesus, more in your fullness. They stop running towards what earthly success would look like. They start running towards their Savior who loves them, who sees them and knows them. God, I pray in Jesus' mighty name for the person who is mourning, for the person who is poor, for the person who is heavy laden, for the person who is heavy burdened, for the person who feels like they're trying to hunger after you and they're getting persecuted day in and day out. Would they know tonight they are blessed, that they are seen by God, that they don't have to go or try anything else but to keep chasing after you, God. Drawing near to you is all that they need. And I pray in Jesus' mighty name, they feel an encouragement in their soul dropping right now. They feel an encouragement lifting them up in places they didn't know they can feel and understand. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would bring your presence and comfort and peace over every heart, over every soul, that every person can stand tall, brave, and bold, knowing that their God is with them, that their God is for them, and that there is a plan over their life. It's in Jesus' mighty name. Let's begin to sing and worship God. We love you, Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen.